How to Approach Urine Giving in 2021. Welcome to Common Sense on the Prairie, a podcast dedicated to helping you demystify the sometimes complex topic of money. I'm Adam Cox, Head of Wealth Management for the First National Bank in Sioux Falls. We're a community bank based out of South Dakota. In this podcast, we share expert insights from around the country and stories from our local community to arm you with the tools you need to make better financial decisions. Because the truth is, the more we talk about this stuff, the better off we're all going to be. With year-end fast approaching, now is the perfect time to discuss charitable giving. This is the time of year when many people do the bulk of their charitable giving, and with good reason. It's the time of year when many nonprofits need the most help, and donors have a good understanding of their personal financial situation and therefore know what they can afford to give away. And to help us unpack all things charitable giving, I've invited someone who has made it his career to help connect donors with causes they feel compelled to support. As president of the Sioux Falls Area Community Foundation, Andy Patterson works to connect donors, nonprofits, and civic leaders to help advance ideas and strategic community investments for a vibrant future where everyone can thrive. And he also works closely with the foundation's board of directors, setting the direction for the organization and ensuring its connection to the community it serves. He joined the Community Foundation in 2006 and was named president in 2015. Prior to joining the foundation, he served as the Director of Development for the University of Sioux Falls. Andy holds a bachelor's degree and an MBA from the University of Sioux Falls. A member of the Sioux Empire Leadership Council, Andy also serves on the Greater Sioux Falls Chamber of Commerce Business Leadership Council and is a member of the Association of Fundraising Professionals, the Sioux Falls Estate Planning Council, and Downtown Rotary. Andy also holds a Chartered Advisor in Philanthropy designation, maintaining an in-depth knowledge of the philanthropic process. He and his wife, Sarah, are parents to Josiah, Isaiah, Caleb, and Lydia. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Andy. Andy, welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks, Adam. Great yeah. to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me. You bet. All right, before we start talking about year-end gifts and, yeah. and strategies, a really important question for you, a serious one. What kind of music are you into? I never know how to answer that. Um, and I don't really, my music choices aren't my own. I've got <laughs> four kids. So if I'm hanging with my nine-year-old, uh, he's discovered Weird Al. Okay. So we've got that that flavor. And if it's my 14-year-old, it's 90s rap. So oh, nice. we're all over the map. So I don't have my own taste. I just adopt the, the kid that's with me at that sure. moment. Nice. <laughs> I get that. I get yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's dive in a little bit. Tell me a little bit more about the Sioux Falls Area Community Foundation and, and, and your role there. Yeah. So the Sioux Falls Area Community Foundation, we're a nonprofit organization. Uh, we, we serve the communities right around Sioux Falls. Yep. Um, so we're kind of limited in, in who we who we work with, and and we're a nonprofit like all of the other nonprofits you would think of. We don't do any of the work that I usually would associate with a nonprofit. You know, we're not providing care to kids or those um, less fortunate. We really focus on working with donors to help with philanthropy. And if they want to do something good for Sioux Falls, how do we make that happen? Sure. And that's kind of really wide. And so what what that ends up looking like is. Uh, setting up a lot of endowment funds, which are kind of a perpetual trust that benefits different causes. So it might be a scholarship. So it might be donors picking three or their four favorite charities that they every year want us to take care of. Sure. Um, and sometimes it's donor advised funds where families are are using that for their giving. And then just a lot of variety of complicated gifts and community projects and, and other things that, that really just improve the Sioux Falls area through philanthropy. Okay. And is that so for people who aren't acquainted with a community yeah. foundation, yep. and I wasn't really until yeah. I, I came yeah. to Sioux Falls, yep. I feel like we have got a little unique setup here with yep. the Sioux Falls Area Community Foundation. 
more broadly, community foundations, is that generally the role that they have in supporting communities and givers? It, it can vary. I mean, there's about a thousand community foundations in the United States. And so just every inch of the country would have one that one or two that serves them. Some have a real strong kind of donor focus. Others um, maybe are more of a grant makers. And so that's the, um, it kind of varies a little bit. We probably have a stronger focus with donors just because of how, when we were founded and and the types of assets that we have, but sure. the roles can can really vary quite a bit. Um, but I would say in general, it's it's philanthropy and how does it improve the community? Okay. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, we're coming up on year end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so people are starting to think about making their charitable gifts for for the year. How are most people giving to to charity now? Is it is it through direct gifts or is it more through you know, we hear about charitable trust or you mentioned sure. donor advised funds. How are folks doing that? Yeah, I, I think uh, most people are still giving directly to okay. to charities and, you know, that's writing a check or increasingly via credit card, giving mm-hmm. online. Um, you know, that we are a, living a generous society and so people give back um, quite a bit. And I, I think, you know, generally that is, you know, answering the appeal of the nonprofit national or local that those causes that they care about. Yeah. That tends to be how they get back. For most, the tax deduction isn't even in the equation. You oh, know, probably okay. 90 uh, with tax law changes a couple of years ago, I'd say probably 10, 5% of people are even itemizing. Hmm. So that giving decision isn't, isn't move into the tax realm right away. And so it is kind of that checkbook philanthropy for most people. Sure. And is that how they're, most people are donating and they're just writing checks versus giving like appreciated securities or even farmland? Yeah. You hear about yeah. that sometimes? Yeah. So as you move up the kind of the wealth curve or the income curve, the gifts do get more, more complex. And so we, we probably tend to work with donors a little more affluent. And so we see them definitely giving a lot of stock, um, might be farmland. It might be Bitcoin. I mean, oh, it could oh, be yeah, different, yeah. different assets they, they may donate, um, you know, for, for most people, it does end up being out of their income, but as, as you move up and they have more wealth, uh, there's certainly some more kind of ways to maximize their giving with some different assets. Yeah, sure. Giving Bitcoin. <laughs> it's a new world. It really is. Oh, it man. It really is. Um, so as we're, as we're approaching year end, what strategies or what tips should uh, some donors know about as we're, we're coming into year end 2021? Yeah. I, I would, I always kind of want to, when I think about giving, think of it in two halves of it. One is kind of the financial side of that. Um, and if you know you want to donate to some causes, if you, depending on the kind of assets and resources you have, there's things you can do to really have more money to get back. And, and so part of it is, you know, if you know you want to give that you might uh, look for, there's some appreciated assets that I have. And the easiest would be, you know, publicly traded stock or yeah. mutual funds. That, that that allows you to avoid a capital gain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a really great way to kind of maximize um, your giving that way. So there, there's that side of it, which is looking at the financial side of it. The other side, and, and I hope more importantly to all of us, is what are the causes we're going to support? And I, I think big picture, you really want to make sure your giving is, is matching your values mm. and that you're intentionally picking out places you want to support and not reactively giving to the requests that showed up in front of you that day. Sure. And so I, I think giving in the perfect sense would be, you know, a family almost having a budget and, okay. and a game plan for what, what kinds of things they want to support instead of kind of playing what landed in the mailbox or, mm-hmm. you know, email every day. So does that get to having <laughs> almost like a giving philosophy? I think so. I, I think 
at its best, that would be the giving philosophy that uh, you would take a look at, you know, what shaped me, what matters to me. Uh, I think at its core, giving is a way of kind of extending your own values to, to society. So it's kind of deep questions that you're, you're really looking at. Um, and then I think at the same time, you recognize there's things that maybe aren't the most important to me, but I know they're important to my community. Yep. Um, and to seeing, seeing it kind of like your portfolio, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. have different roles in the portfolio for these, these giving there, there's always going to be the nephew that's going on the trip that needs some support mm-hmm. or the, the band booster, or, you know, we have a role that any little kid that's selling something, we buy it from them. <laughs> if they have the courage to ring the front door, yes, you know, yeah, those, yeah. there's those pieces yep. and, and they have a place, but how do you have a place that for the really big things that this is who we are. And then maybe as you, you age, you're giving shifts deeper into the values, giving it less into the kind of have tos yeah. a little bit. So I think it depends on where you're at in life and, and yep. financially. But I, I do think that philosophy then kind of, as you put together, how do I want to give this year? You know, are, are these the have tos or are these like, no, this is what we're all about. Sure. That makes sense. Something we talk about with clients is involving family. Yeah. So you're talking yeah. about grandma and grandpa yeah. or mom and dad making gifts. How important do you think it is for them to involve family in, in their, their charitable giving? I think it's really important. Um, you know, when sometimes when those gifts are getting pretty large, those giving decisions affect, you know, what, what kids and grandkids might be receiving someday. And so to avoid, you know, frustration or hurt feelings down the road, to, to be real open and talk about, hey, this is the why that we're doing this. And we're really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, come along on this journey with us. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's letting the family know we're about to do something really big. Other times it's inviting them in on that decision-making process. And, you know, we, we have some donors with some really fun stories where uh, a portion of their giving every year is um, after they clean up after Thanksgiving, everybody goes into the family room and they do presentations Mm. on the causes they want to give. And, you know, even to the point where, uh, the new fiance is like, you better have your presentation ready for grandpa, <laughs> you know, and, and those are really, I can't imagine the stress. On oh, that man. One. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, those are really great ways of talking about not just what we're doing, but the why that's behind it. And, and I think that when you're talking about money, any part of your family budget, what are the, what are the reasons behind it? That things don't just happen. It's choices and trade-offs and, and the extent that a family can be involved is great. And, you know, maybe there's a role for them to continue that work, you know, after the donor's life themselves sure. is keep them involved. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's talk about generosity yeah. for a bit. So in your role, I'm sure yep. you see just some incredible acts of generosity. Yeah. Uh, what's it like walking alongside families as they're putting together these, these gifts to support communities and causes that they feel strongly about? Yeah. It's, it's pretty incredible mm. to, to see generosity and, um, I, th- I think one thing about generosity is it's a relative term. And, and so you see people, sometimes the generosity, even at the lower income levels is pretty incredible mm-hmm. to see. Um, the ones that really inspire me are the ones that see themselves as stewards. Okay. And they're like, I got a responsibility to make a good investment with this. And, and to see a little bit of weight that they carry with that, that to me is the most kind of fascinating to say, like, this is, this isn't easy. This is a, yep. a little bit of a burden that I yep. have. And, um, that, that's pretty special to get to watch someone treat it that way. Yeah, sure. 
All right, I've got a couple of technical questions yeah, for you. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a financial planning <laughs> podcast if we didn't have a couple of technical questions. Then we'll end with some softer ones. But I've heard a lot about deduction timing. Yeah. Can you talk to me about what yeah, that is? Yep. So the idea behind that is, you know, when you're when you're doing your income taxes, you can take the standard deduction. That's a certain amount that we all could get, or you can itemize your deductions. And that would include mortgage in- interest and mm-hmm. things like that and charitable uh, contributions. Um, with the 2018 tax changes that happened, that standard deduction went up to, you know, for a married couple would be about 24,000. So, um, what some people do is they try to time their deductions. So they maybe would do two years worth of charitable giving in one tax year. Okay. And the idea is you would itemize in that year and far exceed the standard deduction and get a nice little boost on, on what you can deduct in your taxes. And then the following year you would make, try to make no gifts to charity. Okay. And what that, and then you would take the the standard deduction that year. So the first year would be the itemized, the second year the standard deduction. So you're kind of bunching two, maybe three years of charitable giving. Now you have to have the cash to be able to do that. Yeah. But a nice, there's a nice little boost. So a lot of people have started to do that and done it even more since that that law change. Um, that would be the main thing that we would see uh, okay. a lot of people doing. Sure. What about donor advised funds? Yeah. You hear people talk about a, a yep. lot now. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit more about yeah. what they are and, and who they're a good fit for. Yeah. Yeah. There's a huge growth in donor advised funds in, you know, probably the last 10, 15 years, but especially the last three. Uh, so donor advised funds, it's opening an account at a public charity. Uh, so community foundations offer donor advised funds. The biggest provider of donor advised funds would be Vanguard, uh, Fidelity, and Schwab. So they have a charitable entity that... Mm-hmm. Um, and what you're essentially doing is you're opening an account that um, you make contributions to that account and you retain the right to recommend how the money that comes out of that account is used. Okay. Um, and so the benefit of it is, is you get a deduction when you put money into that account and you legally are giving up control. Um, at a later date, then you can recommend to that sponsoring organization what charities should receive it. Um, and so it works really well on a couple different fronts. One, if you're doing that bunching that I described, you might do all your giving in one year, but you want to make sure the charities are getting it all throughout. You could put in a donor advised fund and then kind of meter it out mm-hmm. at a different pace. Uh, the other way it works well is if you have some kind of asset that maybe is a windfall or highly appreciated, you can put it into that fund and then kind of parcel it out later on. So if you've got some appreciated stock. Um, sometimes we have folks that are selling a business or selling a piece of property. They might put a portion of that in the fund and that's their charitable budget for, for a few years. So th- those end up being a really great tool. Um, and a lot of places, the community, Sioux Falls Area Community Foundation be one of them. We would allow donors to pass on that advisory privileges to kids or grandkids. Oh, so okay. it can be a little bit kind of a light version of a private foundation, uh, if you will, to just organize your giving and um, we're pretty good at accepting appreciated assets and you don't need to kind of work with a small nonprofit to have to figure it out. They just get the money from it. Sure. Okay. Let's talk to younger donors. Yeah. So I'm thinking about people who maybe have not done much for charitable giving before. What advice do you have for them as they start going down this road? Yeah. I I think you got to think about your giving, start with a percentage basis and not a dollar amount. Okay. Um, That way, you know, if you look at the hard dollars, sometimes you're like, it's not worth it. But if you start with a percentage basis, then it's something, a discipline you build. Yep. So I, I think to to do that and intentionally 
to um, set aside money. I, I think you have to just start examining how do I want to give back. And the thing about giving that that I think is the best is that it gives you a way to participate in the good work that happens in communities. And it's a way of not, hey, so they should do something about it. You're doing something about mm-hmm. it. So I, I think that that's the important part. And so if a younger person's getting started, start by looking around, you know, what things are important to you? Who do you know? Who's doing good stuff around you? And, and begin kind of doing that inventory that way. Sure. Do they need to worry about vetting charities? I mean, sometimes you hear yeah, about scams yeah. and things yeah, like that. Yeah, there definitely are are some of those. It's really hard. You know, yeah. you'll see some places that will kind of give a score to charities. And a lot of times it's uh, based on overhead and things like that. And there's just a lot of variability to how charities work. Yeah. Um, I, I think I would start local. Um, how can you give to places that you know? that you, you maybe volunteered at, you've seen their work, you have a family member that's volunteered. Maybe if you're part of church, your, your church supports something. Sometimes I get nervous when people blindly find something on the internet. And, yeah. You know, and so how do you, how do you have a way of having some knowledge of what they're doing is more than really great marketing, but they're out helping people. I, I think I'd focus on that and not worry about, do they have too much money in reserve? Things that are, are pretty hard to figure out and never be able to truly vet. Sure. All right. Last question for you. Yeah. Something I like to think about. Um, a lot of times when we talk about charitable giving, we think about how the gift impacts yeah, the organization yeah. that gets it. Um, how does giving transform the giver? Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, I think it oftentimes does more for the giver than for the charity. Um, I think that one, it causes you to evaluate what you're about. And, and maybe hopefully at some point in our lives, and involves some trade-offs that you're going to not do something else. Like, I mean, real generosity is, I think you're not hitting that until you're maybe giving up something that would have been for me mm. uh, yep. before then. And then as I kind of alluded to earlier, I, I really do think that it puts you on the side of, of doing, you know, we all can't be social workers. I'd be a terrible one. <laughs> you know, there's, we, we all can't be out. And sometimes we make a mess when we all try to be out helping on a street corner or something like that. But we also don't get to like, just kind of wash our hands of it too. And it's a little bit of a way for us to say, you know, I'm a part of this. I have a different role. And I think that's how, how it truly changes, sure. changes us. Yeah. Now I've, you know, in my role, I've seen some really incredible stories yeah. of how people make these transformative gifts and they never think twice about it. They just, um, it impacts them in such a way and impacts their family yeah. and their family gets to see that and they institutionalize yeah. that almost. And it's a, it's a really powerful, powerful lesson. It, it really is. And it, it's incredible when someone gets the bug, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when you move from having your arm twisted to, yeah. I, I just want to keep giving because I'm in love with the kind of work that's being, that's making happen. And yeah. that's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, What's also incredible is the work that the Community Foundation does in Sioux Falls. So thank you for everything you guys do. Where can our listeners find out more about the Community Foundation and and your work? Yeah, the best would be just going to our website, uh, sfacf.org. But you can always call the office and we'd love to visit with people to see if we can be of any help. Awesome. Andy, thanks so much for doing this. Adam, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you found this helpful. If you did, please subscribe and share with your family or friends. If you have a topic you want us to cover in future episodes, send us a note through our website. And if you're at the point where you want an expert opinion on your finances, reach out and we'd be happy to start a conversation. And remember, 
Any comments, insights, or strategies discussed on this podcast are intended to be general in nature and therefore may not be suitable for you and your situation, whatever that may be. Before acting on anything we discuss, please consult with your attorney, CPA, and or your financial advisor.